Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we supposed to get married? I'm going to just swipe I just back. want somebody to share my life. The more focus that you can put on the other person, the more comfortable you feel. But it really makes them feel special. You can keep waiting for the fairy tale, or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you've read my advice in the LA Times, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Damona Hoffman. Lovers, lovers, lovers. Today's episode is brought to you by my Dating Accelerator group program. This new and improved 10-week version of my most popular group coaching program is launching at the end of September. So don't wait. Sign up now at damonahoffman.com slash group or look for the link in the show notes. Welcome to the show, everybody. I just want to level with you. At this point in the pandemic, let's admit that some of us have forgotten our social skills and may need a little practice. It's not just you. It's everyone. I feel it too. And that's why my friend Rachel D'Alto is here to teach us how to be relatable again. Not only is she Match's chief dating expert, she is also the author of a brand new book called Relatable, How to Connect with Anyone, Anywhere, Even If It Scares You. But first, by popular demand, we have a mini masterclass coming up for you in the first segment. I'm going to teach you how to pick the best dating app for you. And then later in Dear Demona, I'll answer your questions, including he wants to keep it slow. I want to speed it up. What should I do? And when should I admit it's time to just pack it up? and give up on the dating apps. <laughs> now get your pen, paper, stylus, iPad, whatever you like to take notes on ready, because it's time to go to school. It's time for a masterclass. My Patreon friends with benefits overwhelmingly asked me to bring back the masterclass episodes, but we have so many amazing guests coming up this month that I couldn't devote an entire episode to a masterclass. So today I'm going to give you a mini masterclass snack to tie you over until we do a full episode masterclass. All right. One of the most common questions I get is, Damona, what is the best dating app? So today I want to give you a bird's eye view of the various dating app types so that you can figure out which ones will work best for you. What? You didn't know there were dating app types? Yes. Just like there's types of people, there's types of food, there's types of dating apps. And right now the strategy that's working best for my clients is a process I call cycling. With cycling, you start out on one app and one app only for four to six weeks. You swipe, chat, and date on that app until you feel a bit of a lull in the momentum, and then you cycle to another app for four to six weeks. Then, you guessed it, it's back to app A, where you can see fresh matches again. But what app should you start with? Well, that depends. 
First, let me outline the four types of apps. The first type of app is traditional. This would be a Match, a Plenty of Fish, an OkCupid. These are traditional legacy apps that provide a lot of opportunity and give you a chance to try out a bunch of different matches and have a lot of different search and filtering features. However, they require a clear process and strategy to filter out the desired matches from these thousands of possibilities that you're going to meet there. Then there's Swipe App. This is your classic Bumble or Tinder. These are excellent for busy singles who are newer to dating and who want to get started fast with a lot of options. The downside is that it's hard to find the right committed match because the profiles don't give you a lot of information about the person on the other side. So you can get stuck in the texting trap in that messaging phase and you will need a clear strategy for navigating from the app into the real world before they ghost or waste your time or, you know, you know all the outcomes here. You've probably been on these apps. All right. Then there's niche. This is like a J-date or Christian mingle or farmers only. I mean, I don't know your life. Maybe you're a farmer. That, that could be a good app for you. And so this works when you know that there's a particular quality, interest, cultural element that's really, really important to you. And this kind of app provides you with the matches that meet that core criteria first. Unfortunately, these apps also have smaller dating pools, so it can feel like nothing's happening if you don't know how to search your options and then pick the right matches. And then the fourth and final type is curated. This is your eHarmony or Coffee Meets Bagel. So these apps are excellent for people who are really discerning or choosy or don't have time to do all the filtering themselves because they do the matching for you. But while the filtering is taken off your plate, it can sometimes feel like you don't have enough options or much control over what happens. And these apps are kind of slow paced. So you'll need some clear direction if you're going to get your match off of the app and onto the next phase of dating. So now that you know what the apps are, here are the types of people who like those apps and also the traps that they sometimes fall into. So if you're a traditional kind of app person, you like options. You need a dating app that has tons of possibilities and different ways to search. But here are the three traps that people with your dating style tend to fall into. Number one, you're spending too many frustrating hours filtering to find the best people. Hello, maximizers. I see you. I see you and I am you. <laughs> Number two, you get that overwhelming feeling that comes with an inbox dominated by DMs from the wrong people. And number three, you get exhausted. You are exhausted after wasting so much time matching and chatting and going on these dead-end dates. Next up, Swipe App. These kind of folks are looking for a wide range of options and easy connection. But Watch out for the three big traps that your dating style tends to fall into. Number one, feeling like you don't know enough about your matches up front, and then you waste time going on too many of the wrong dates. Number two, you feel overwhelmed in the match and message process. You probably have even thought, I wish someone else could do this for me. Like if I could just call Demona and she could do all these matches and send all these messages for me, that would be a lot easier, right? <laughs> and number three is, the disappointment that comes with thinking you knew somebody, you matched online, you started chatting, you got really excited, and then you meet them in person and you realize 
They're not at all what you thought they were. You didn't really know them. And as you've gotten to know them, they do not meet up with your expectations. Now, if you're a niche type, you are focused on finding a partner who shares your values and interests, which is great. And apps with too many unqualified options really feel like a waste of time for you. And they can be. So if it's a specific quality you're looking for in a partner, there's a high chance that you could find an app for it. There's an app for that. There's an app for everything. But watch out for the three big traps that people with your dating style tend to fall into. Number one, limiting your dating options a little too much. Number two, constantly wondering if you're just too picky to find love. And number three, the feeling that nothing is happening in your love life and the clock is ticking. If you are a curated app kind of person, you don't want to waste your time searching and swiping. You like a curated app that will deliver the matches directly to your inbox. But there are a few patterns that people with your dating style tend to fall into. Number one, the feeling that you don't meet any great dates. You keep thinking, isn't there anyone else out there? Like, hello, are there any other matches out there? <laughs> Number two, getting stuck in the DMs, but never moving into a real relationship. You know what I'm talking about, those never-ending DMs, and you're like, are we ever going to meet? And number three, downloading and deleting app after app after app, but never finding what you want. And I know if you're asking me, Demona, what's the best dating app? You might be feeling this way. Maybe you feel a little bit of all of these things and you feel like you can't seem to break out of these cycles or these ruts. So if you're looking to get out of your dating slump, you might need more than just the right dating app. With all these apps come great opportunity. You've heard me say this before. I think this is the best time ever in history to be single because we have this technology to be able to match no matter what your situation, whether you're divorced or out of a breakup or you are in a area without a lot of singles or you work a lot or you are planning to move or you are a digital nomad or whatever your situation is, there's an app that can help you date. But these options will do nothing for you if you don't have a strategy. And if you don't have a strategy and you have other things that you give focus to in your life, like family, work, friends, that's where you're going to keep putting your time and effort. You get love back from these things, right? So the more love you get back, the more you put your heart into those things. But if you really admit it, you'd really rather have a partner that you love giving that love back to you. So let me help you get that. Let me show you that the apps are not the only way to meet someone. Let me be your cheerleader to keep you motivated to give your dating life the focus it needs. Let me help you develop a dating plan so that you can take back control over where your life is headed. You heard me say at the top of the show, enrollment is now open for the new and improved dating accelerator group coaching program. And for those of you who are ready to start now, you can get a head start and a $300 discount if you register before the end of the day on August 31st. Hey, if you're waiting for your perfect partner to show up and it hasn't happened yet, there's no shame in the game. I figured it all out for you. All you have to do is show up for yourself and sign up now at demonahoffman.com slash group. You can look for the link in the show notes. All right, Rachel D'Alto is going to be here to tell us how to be more relatable in just a moment. Stick around. 
Welcome back. I am here with my friend, Rachel D'Alto. You might know her as the relationship expert on seasons four and five of Lifetime's Married at First Sight, or as Kate from, you know, John and Kate Plus Eight, Kate's dating coach on TLC's Kate Plus Date. She's given three TED Talks. She's also the match chief dating expert. And now she's the author of a new book called Relatable, How to Connect with Anyone, Anywhere, even if it scares you. Please help me give big smooches to my dear friend, Rachel D'Alto. Hey! Welcome back, girl! I love hanging out with you. Same, same. And I love hanging out with you when we have new things to talk about. I mean, you were on the show back in, I guess, March? You've been on the show a few times because I love your dating and relationship advice. But you have a new book coming out, Relatable. And I think this is so useful for the people who are dating or seeking relationships to know how to be relatable and how to connect with anyone, anywhere, even if it scares you. So first of all, as a dating and relationship coach, what was the inspiration to write this book? Yeah, you know, it's such an interesting question because uh, I never really thought about it as this umbrella of relatability until I left Married at First Sight. So it was completely inspired by that moment where I'd, I'd left and people just found out about it. And I was getting messages on Twitter, on Instagram, on my email, DMs, like all of these messages everywhere. And they kept saying, why would you leave? I can't believe you left. You were the most relatable expert. And I started to think like, what does that mean? What does it mean to be relatable? What am I doing that allows the people who have not met me think that they're connected to me? And so I started to, I took that kind of step back because that's what you do when you have time. (laughs) So like take a step back and you think, okay, what does that mean? And who else kind of feels like that to me? So I could start to look at What's the bigger picture? What what did I do? But not only what did I do, but what do other people who I find to be relatable do in general? And I started to really study that and look at that. So I've been paying attention to that for the last five years. And that's kind of what, what was the impetus to it. And then I started thinking about how many people have those challenges, you know, around relatability and around the anxieties of connecting with people. And so I really just wanted to serve them. Well, especially right now, I mean everybody's been so isolated. And I hear all the time on the show from people that are like, okay, I know I have to get back out there and date, but I think I forgot. <laughs> I think I forgot how how to relate, how to have these conversations. And I look at it as a set of learned skills. So the good, the, the good thing about that is that the more you practice it, the better you get at it. Do you agree with that? Yep. A hundred percent. It's a muscle. <laughs> So let's give but, let, but if you haven't worked out your muscle, yeah. <laughs> it's a problem. Let's give I want everybody to get your book and and to figure out all of the all the tips and tools. But let's give people let's take them to the the gym of relatability right now. I know you work out too. We gotta get our reps in. What are a couple of things if folks are listening right now and they're like, I want to date and relate, <laughs> but where do I even begin to make that connection? So I break it down into three three categories that you really have to own to become relatable. And I, I like to make fun of myself right now because you know how a lot of people in our industry, they're like, they break it down and they have like some cool word that's associated with it, like star or like lead and, you know, they work it into it. Well, I have Kakai um, because it's connect, <laughs> communicate, inspire. So I sound like a crow, uh, but you'll never forget it, right? <laughs> Kakai! 
I love that. Okay. <laughs> I love it. So those are really those pillars of it. And I get into it obviously a lot in the book, but connect is, you know, if we break it down really quickly, connect is authentic connection and diving into taking off those masks, diving into the difficulty that people have of releasing perfection and releasing this idea that they have to show up a certain way or present themselves in a certain way to be liked or loved. And the thing that I always say is, how can anyone actually like or love you if they don't really know you? So breaking it down to being okay with who you are, because you and I both know that everything in terms of relationship challenge, whether we're talking professional, personal, romantic, comes down to worthiness and owning who we are. And so I just saw that as like this huge starting point of like, okay, we got to dive in here and we got to build that muscle first. So that's kind of that first step. That's so valuable. So I'll stop there. (laughs) I want you to keep going, but I just wanted to reflect. My daughter just started middle school this week. Same. (laughs) Well, next week, but yeah. What are we going to do? But it's interesting how these themes come up at such a young age. Like, and it was instant. It was like, uh, now I'm in middle school and I want people to like me. How do I make people like me? (laughs) And first of all, she's super likable as it is. And I, I'm like, how do I strip away these expectations? Cause you know, she's, she's hearing all this stuff from me, like all this stuff that the listeners are hearing every week. She hears it all day, every day, especially for the last year where she was at home with me this entire time. Even then it's still so deeply ingrained in our culture. Like you got to be likable. And there's almost this process of stripping that away and just, no, no, don't be likable. Just be you don't yeah. have to yeah. do oh so, so much. And I think we should talk to ourselves like we would our middle school daughters or sons or, you know, children. And that's the challenge is people think that they have to pretend to be somebody else in order to make those connections. They think that they have to put on some sort of mask. And and the fact is, and I did the same thing with my daughter and she was asking, and, and actually I used my entire communicate section on her the other day. Um, but in terms of that connection, it's like, you're not going to be liked by everybody and that's okay. You know, you're not meant to be liked by everybody and that's okay. And it's the people that do like you because they know you that are going to become those rabid fans that are going to become those people that are your, your ride or die because they really do connect with you and they get you. And that's because you allowed them to understand you. And it's so important to bring this back to dating because I find a lot of times we get caught up in the momentum, right? Like we want them to be interested in us, but then sometimes we don't even stop and think, wait, am I actually even interested in this person? It's almost the pursuit of having someone pursue you that becomes the goal. And so it's a good reminder that if you're not connecting, it's a two-way street and there's nothing you should be doing to be more likable because if the two-way connection isn't there, then it's not a match. And that's okay because somebody else will be a match for you. Yeah, exactly. And listen, there are things I think that we can do to enhance who we are. Like we talk about positivity and looking on you know, the more positive side, getting more grateful, all of those elements that I think do actually change how we show up, but it doesn't change your personality. It doesn't change you at the core. Like at the core of me, you're going to get this really goofy, slightly obnoxious, really loud person. That's who I am. Like I can try to mask it and I'm going to have days where I'm more positive and some days where I'm more negative, but at the core, I'm always the same and I'm always going to show up in that way. But oftentimes people think, oh my gosh, I can't be goofy. I have to be serious or I have to be sexy. 
I remember I, oh my gosh, this, this is funny. You'd appreciate this one. So I had the photo shoot forever ago and I'll never forget it. Cause it was for, it was for my first book and they wanted like something a little flirty, sexy. And so the, the photographer's like, give me, give me sexy. And I was like, dude, I don't have sexy. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> this is it. Like, I don't, this is it. Like, like, this is like, I don't know. Do you think this is sexy? Because this is all I got. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he was trying to make me be someone I'm not. And I'm like, I got goofy sexy. So if you can work with goofy sexy, you got me. Cause otherwise. Right. I got and nothing. then also just again, to tie this back to dating, like if that was your dating profile photo, you'd be selling the wrong thing. Like, yeah, not me. <laughs> and I know you recently got engaged and congratulations. But, you know, obviously your partner found the sexy part of you and everything that you bring to the table sexy. If you had put on this like, I'm going to do this sexy face, it would have been a false attraction. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I can't even hold the sexy. I, and again, that face that I just made that hopefully people are only listening to this and not watching me. <laughs> no, we're going to use that clip on Instagram. Like, like, for sure. like seriously, I I physically can't do it. <laughs> I physically can't hold it. So, yes, I agree. I did, be, I did. I did. Got to let too. that down. Let that nose down. <laughs> OK, I'm really I'm really inspired by this. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> See, you did i say it right it. yeah okay so yeah, tell me <laughs> tell me what else is in this the special sauce <laughs> i love you <laughs> okay so the second c is communicate and uh, you know communication obviously is talked about so widely and for me i really like to focus on the energetic nature of communication so i really talk about presence but also how we show up and curiosity is a huge part of it and that's honestly, what I talked to my daughter about. And I said, listen, girl, I was like, you are, she's going into sixth grade. She's switching schools. So that was a big deal. And she's not, doesn't know anyone. And I was like, she asked me, how do I start conversations with people? And how do I, how do I have good conversations with people? And I was like, did you just ask me that? (laughs) You're like, I kind of wrote the book on it. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, I said, Sophia, if you, if you remember nothing else, Keep it positive, but keep it curious and get curious about the other person. And I think that's something that we don't focus on enough is, you know, we talk about active listening. We talk about letting other people talk and stuff, but it's one thing to just sit there and actively listen, but it's another thing to really engage in curiosity. Get curious about the person you're talking to. And all of a sudden they start to feel important and they feel like the center of the universe and then they feel good about it. And I talk about this in videos on TikTok, which I'm obsessed with. <laughs> I think we talked about that last time. I started like my my initial descent into the TikTok madness. But one of the videos I was talking about was about, you know, curious listening, but also the fact that the person who talks the most in the conversation typically rates it the highest, according to research. So the more that you can get somebody talking, and that works on a date too, the more that they're going to be enamored with you because you're listening. And you're curious. Mm. And you're interested in them too. Like I, yeah. I sometimes we're so in that space of like, what do I what do I need to say? Just like Rachel Demona, just tell me what I need to say to get them to be interested. And it's like if you just lean in and you're interested in them, 
yeah, they're going to be like, I had a great time. Everybody loves talking about themselves. I had a great time. I talked about myself a lot. <laughs> yeah. As long seriously. as it's not and it dynamic mean, every time, right? <laughs> yes. And and it doesn't mean that you didn't say anything. It just means that I think it just changes the dynamic. And I think part of connecting, and especially when you're uncomfortable about it, the more focus that you can put on the other person, one, the more comfortable you feel because you don't feel like the spotlight's on you, but it really makes them feel special, which I think is what we're trying to do at the end of the day. Anytime we're starting, especially a new connection on a date or in a business uh, encounter or with a friend, the more that you can make somebody else feel special, they start to get that like warm, gushy feeling about you. Maybe gushy is not the right words, but warm, fuzzy feeling. (laughs) I'll take it. You are gushy. (laughs) And I love that about you. (laughs) How else can we kakai? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the last, and obviously there's a lot of other elements. Um, you know, because I wrote a lot of words. Uh, but the last one is you have to be inspiring. Inspiration, not that you have to all of a sudden be a motivational speaker. But I think there has to be an inspiration behind you behind what you're doing. And, and it's really that intentional. So wh- whether it's dating or whether it's just how we show up, I think it's finding that kind of why it's finding that because but I call it the then what it's like, y- you want this relationship, but then what? You want to date people, but then what? You want all these followers, but then what? You want all of these accolades, but then what? What is the purpose behind it? And I think, you know, what what I just, I, and this isn't in the book, this is something that I just found. So I'm a total like research nerd. And there was this study that just came out. And part of why I wrote this book and part of why I talk about it so often is I think we do have this comparison syndrome to, to social media. We're affected by it by different levels because of you know different attachments to it. But the study showed that people with purpose were less impacted by social media than people without purpose. Like they didn't care as much about the likes. They didn't care as much about the comments. They didn't need the validation that I think so many of us now seek from social media because they have a purpose behind them. So I just think that's the bigger arc and it's the bigger bigger focus, I think, moving forward in terms of our connection is what is that flame? Like what's that inner spark within you? And you can bring that to the table in any conversation. There's so much in what you just said. I just want to comment on the social media piece. I think beyond even just the the likes and how people are engaging with what you post, it's the comparison that I think robs us of our satisfaction with what we have is scrolling through and seeing like, oh, that person's mansion and that person's that person's married and I'm not married. And, you know, we start to compare and it's it's really impossible to have gratitude and to come from a really full place when you are in that mode. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then the second thing I wanted to say was as we are talking about inspiration on dates, I I really, I'm curious about the energy that people are bringing forward right now, because I do see also as so much has moved online, a lot of people, I feel like the online dating burnout is back. It went away for a second and that was cute. <laughs> did you see that as well? It went away, but then it was like, now it's back with a vengeance. It did. Well, Delta brought it back, I think. <laughs> Dang Delta. Like, Delta. She's just like ruining everything. everything. I had all these plans. Oh my God. I the had... memes though. The me- it, It's almost worth it for the memes, but not really. 
<laughs> and the, for the TikTok. I know you're in it for the TikTok. I'm in it for the TikTok. But <laughs> how can we bring a different, like, if we are dating from this place, like, I just want to acknowledge a lot of our listeners, like, they've been through it. Yeah. Like, we've all had different experiences in this pandemic and maybe they've lost someone. Maybe they have financial insecurity. Maybe they just have been, like, on the grind. Because I, I have really seen... A lot of people that listen to the show that are like, I'm literally doing all the steps to Mona. I'm doing everything that you're saying. And this cycle is repeating. So I think it must be something else because I know the steps work. Yeah. But there must be something sort of on another layer that is preventing people from having the kind of connection and relate relatability that they want. Yeah, I definitely I think I think people are tired and, you know, it's it's. <laughs> like I can't get it out because I can feel it. Like I can, I'm so tired. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like they, you can feel it. It's it is that energy, and it, it, they feel it when they show up. Whether they're showing up on an actual in person date, if they're showing up online, if they're having interactions with people, if they're texting, they're tired. And you have to be able, I think, to recognize that. I think self awareness is everything, and then recognize when you need to take a break. And they need to take a minute and they have to shake it off because I do think that that inspiration, that intention, that how you show up is going to impact everything. So why, why show up in a way that could possibly negatively impact something special, some real solid potential? So I'm, I'm a huge fan and I'm sure, you know, you've told people too. It's like when you get to a point where you're just done and you need a minute, take a minute. Don't, don't quit forever, but quit for now. And take that minute to reset because I do believe that our intention is everything. I do believe that how we show up is is what we get out. So if you aren't showing up in a way that feels good and it doesn't feel good overall, then we need to take a minute and that's okay. I think so many daters have this timeline. And I know I've talked to them. It's like, no, if I if I take a if I take a break, then you know, I fall behind. I'm like, behind of what? You know, there's, <laughs> what are you, what are you getting? What's the the output for what you're putting in right now? Right. And if you can take that time to really find your inspiration for why you're doing it, like you were saying, and then even just for each individual date, like I, maybe this is nerdy, Rachel, I don't know, but I like to visualize like before I have a TV segment or before I walk into a party, like back when we could go to parties I would actually set intentions for going to a party at my friend's house. Like I want to have a real authentic conversation with this person or I want to meet somebody who is X. And it doesn't always go the way I envision it, but I try to go into every interaction with a sense of purpose. Yes, that's brilliant. I actually it's nerdy every, though. <laughs> no, well then my book is nerdy because every chapter comes with an intention. <laughs> and it comes with a mantra intended to help guide you through whatever that section was about. So I am huge about that. You know I'm a hypnotherapist too. So like I I'm all about visualization. Like I I did it today. I had a really stressful situation. And I took a minute, I actually took a minute while I, while my hair color was processing, uh, <laughs> not real. Um, Been there. Been there. <laughs> and I was like, you know Neither what? is this. <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm going to hypnotize myself right now. I got like 10 minutes here. I'm going to take some breaths. I don't care if anybody looks at me weird. And I'm going to visualize this situation having a positive outcome. So I use that for everything. And actually part of um, one of the chapters, I talk about 
confidence and I have a link to a confidence download of a hypnosis. So I'm all about that mindset. I think the way that you start to think about things is the way that your brain starts to adapt and it's how your energy shows up differently. So I'm a nerd out with you. It's so powerful. Yeah, we're going to nerd out together. And since you brought up mantras, can you just talk about from from your professional opinion and experience how and why mantras work? Because I believe in that too. Yeah, it's actually neuroplasticity. So I don't know if I told you, I, I finished my master's in psych because I really am the biggest dork in I the world. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that online. Yeah. I saw your report card. I'm very proud of you. She's an A student, y'all. She's an A student. I am a dork. <laughs> like I am the biggest dork a lot. And, and so funny, like I don't post any of that stuff except for like I compete with myself. Like I just want, I wanted to learn and I learned so much. I was so happy I did it. Um, but one of my favorite things that I learned about and I really dove into is this theory of, of neuroplasticity, which is completely proven, which means your brain is basically Play-Doh and you can move it around in a way that is going to work for you. And you can see it with positive thinking. You can see it with intention setting. And as you direct your brain to think thoughts, then you can start to change towards those thoughts. And that is the power of mantras. That's the power of intention setting. It's the power of affirmations to get you to a place where you're embracing it. You know, it doesn't magically change the world. It doesn't magically change stuff. You know, it's you are changing. It's your brain is changing. It's you are shifting, which changes the way that you show up. Mm, this is so powerful. I could talk to you literally all day, we but all day. I'm going <laughs> to... You are a genius. You're a straight A student. You're getting married. You're in a new house. You wrote this book. I couldn't love you any more than I already do. Thank you so much for being here, Rachel. Thank you, love. Rachel's book is out now. Get your copy of Relatable, How to Connect with Anyone, Anywhere on Amazon. I'll put a special Dates and Mates link in the show notes. Next up, your questions. What does it mean when he says he wants to still date, but he also wants to see other people? And what is the normal amount of time to be on the dating apps? <laughs> Can't wait to answer these questions for you. We'll be right back. Welcome back. The questions have been pouring in, and we're going to tackle two juicy ones today. Dear Demona, Demona, help me. This one came to me on Instagram from a listener. She says, I met a guy on Hinge, like you suggested. Huh? It actually works. What? Uh, she says, he's recently out of a 10-year marriage and then a two-year relationship and has two kids, eight and 10 years. He made a vow to himself not to get into a serious relationship too fast again. But we went from zero to 60 on our first date. And it was amazing with incredible chemistry. I heard from him constantly, calls and texts, until I called him out on our second date. Amazing date. He says he wants to keep dating each other and other people so that our feelings don't grow too quickly. And I said, I like him and I'm willing to give him that time and space. But at some point, know that I will want more or will move on. Now I'm afraid I've left the ball in his court and I'm giving him too much power. I want to support him at the same time, though. Do I cut it off or proceed with caution? Is he taking advantage of a nice girl like me? All right. I'm going to repeat something that I've said maybe a hundred times on this show before. Slow love. Slow love. There are two things here that really concern me in what you said. One, you've had two dates with this guy. Okay. So one, it's very fast to be moving into commitment overall. Number two, 
You don't know this guy yet. I mean, he's out of a 10-year marriage and then he had another two-year relationship. He seems to be ending relationships a lot lately. Maybe there's something underneath that that he's working on and you don't quite know what's under there. You're looking at the glossy surface. And believe me, I know it's easy to fall in love with the pretty picture on the surface, but you are still in the get to know you phase. So you've got to take it slow. Plus, he has two kids, eight and 10 years, almost the same age as my kids. Uh, Let me tell you, he's been in the thick of it the last 17 months, especially. It is brutal having kids in this pandemic. And on top of that, dealing with his divorce and probably co-parenting. And there's a whole load of pressures on him that you probably haven't even gotten access to yet. If you did, they would probably make you run away, (laughs) if I'm being honest. So it can work, but you got to slow it down because he's being really clear. He's being really clear. And I bet you he wouldn't have even said that or planted that seed of doubt in your mind if that pressure hadn't come on him on the second date. That is really soon to be asking for some kind of a commitment. Of course, he he can know what your end game is, that you want to be moving into a serious relationship. But it's too fast for you to even say that this guy is someone that you want to invest in, that you know you want to be in a relationship. And it's clearly too too soon for him. So it sounds to me like he might have just thrown that thing out like, whoa, 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 we're going to date other people. Because to him, the idea of partnering up right now feels like another responsibility, feels like a lot of pressure. And he's in a period where like he's having fun with you. He wants it to be fun. He wants it to be amazing. And if you press the gas too hard, I promise you, you will not get the outcome that you want. So yes, I agree. Take some time, date some other people, keep it casual until it gets to the point where you really know that this is somebody that you want to invest your time in. He's not taking advantage of a nice girl. If he was taking advantage of a nice girl like you, he would not have told you that. He would have just gladly sat there and wasted your time. He's shared, he's become vulnerable and honest about where he stands. And you've got to acknowledge that, but you got to hear him. You've got to hear what he said and take that at face value. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Doesn't mean also that you're not going to meet somebody else who's great, but it just means that if you press too hard, you might push a good one away. This one comes to us from a listener named Ella. She says, I'm a 43-year-old female, never been married and currently wading the online dating waters. (laughs) like picturing like that movie Dark Water. Like what's in there? I don't know. How long do you think is the normal time to keep on trying on the app? And when should you admit that it's time to pack up? Ella, it's never time to pack up. It may be time for a pause. It may be time for a reset, reframe, getting clearer on your mindset, on your ideal mate, on your dating strategy, on your dating plan. But If you have the mindset that you are packing up and that it's hopeless, then there's no room for possibility and magic to enter into your life. So what's the normal time to keep trying on the app? There is no normal time frame. This is the same thing like when people ask me, what's the normal time to move into a serious relationship? And I could tell you, well, the average is between the six and the 10 week mark. People usually start to partner off, which is 
True, true, true. But I don't want to give you guys anxiety if you're like, I've been dating this person for 14 weeks and they haven't asked me to be their boyfriend. That doesn't mean that the relationship is doomed. And by the same token, like if you are on the apps and you're like, I've been on this app for three months and Demona said that three months is the time and nothing has happened, then I must be wasting my time and I need to pack it up. But what I'll tell you is that there is value in giving the apps a strategy and a set period of time. So let's say dating accelerators 10 weeks. Let's just say 10 weeks. If you committed 10 weeks to making dating your top priority, and again, I'm not saying like for your whole life, I'm saying for 10 weeks, if you say yes to dating over saying yes to hanging out with your girlfriends or taking on that extra project at work or you know, doing something for your mom every day. If you committed that set period of time to dating, I guarantee you, you will see a different result. So I don't want you, Ella, to stay on the apps and keep pushing through and getting frustrated and getting disappointed and getting overwhelmed and all those things I talked about in the first segment if you're not getting the right result. You gotta change something. So you either take a break, you reframe your dating plan, you go on a different app, you get new pictures, you change your dating profile, you gotta change something up. So, Because I don't want you to start to blame the dating apps. This is what happens. People get frustrated with the dating apps. They swear up the dating apps. But the dating apps, and I said this recently in an Inc. Magazine article, dating apps are just the reflection of what is happening in society at large. So when people tell me, well, the dating apps don't work or I'm mad at the dating apps, I hear actually my dating strategy overall is broken. There's something that's not working there. And it could be, it could be, this is the five dating loops that people get stuck in. Could be mindset, could be sourcing where you're finding dates, could be screening, could be your presentation, could be your follow through. It's definitely one of those five things that is keeping you from feeling that flow. But the problem is not the app. And the solution is not the app. The solution is in all that other stuff that you're doing to prepare yourself for the best dating outcome and the best dating experience that you can have. So I would say, what's the normal time? The normal time is whatever time you make it, but the outcome will be correlated to the way that you approach your dating strategy in the first place. Whew. You guys got me in my zone. You got me in my feelings. Again, today, you've done it. Thank you so much for listening to episode 377 of Dates and Mates. I love hearing from you. I really, really love answering your questions on the show. It is a highlight of my week. You can DM me your question on any of the social platforms. You can send me a voice memo. I love to hear your voice. Or you can just uh, message it to me at Demona Hoffman. You can also leave me a voicemail or send me a text at 424-246-6255. We will be back again next Tuesday, like clockwork, with another hot episode. In the meantime, I would love for you to join me for the Dating Accelerator Group program. Registration is now open at demonahoffman.com slash group. You can check for all the links in the show notes. Until next week, I wish you happy dating.